Draper Twins. Yeah, Kyle Draper is back in studio, and he brings with him the fruits of victory. How about that? I, I, I never doubted my guys last no, night. Never. You know, Denver's up by 12 at the half. We only got 41 points. I said to myself, we got them right where we want them. Mm-hmm. Exactly where the comeback kids are ready. Fourth quarter Fox is going to be ready. Whew. I'm glad we got that one done, man. It's a great day to be a Kings fan right now. Now, is that a Kyle Draper-type win, 102-98? I know that's you've been talking about. You want to see the Kings win a low-scoring game? A hundred percent a Kyle Draper kind of win, a, a, a Drapes win, if you will. And here's why: because things weren't going perfect. They no. weren't front runners. The threes weren't falling. You know, to win a grimy, gritty, ugly game that says a lot about this team. My guy De'Aaron Fox stepping up, Domas outplaying the Joker. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And so, this to me is a sign that this team can be better with their standing indicates in the Western Conference. They can beat anybody in the league. And I said it during the game yesterday, uh, talking to Katie. It's like, I never go into a Kings game thinking, oh, man, we're overmatched. We have no shot. If we play Kings basketball, we can beat anybody. And I thought that second half was extremely impressive. I know for a while the game was one-sided. And when games are one-sided, sometimes it's hard for the announcers to find things to talk about. Must have been the case yesterday because you talked about our show a couple of times. <laughs> I know you mentioned what Jerry had said on our show about yeah, you, yes, yes. Jerry's going to be with us today, by the way. Yes. And then you were talking about our interview with, with Scott Hastings as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think I botched the way I said it or something like that. I, I think I said we were talking about with Scott Hastings about uh, Jokic being underrated. That's what I meant. I think I might have said overrated. But, no, I try to give the show some love. That's the same nice. Thing. Thank you. you. Know, that's that's some you. of the, the perks of having your boy on TV and <laughs> radio. You know, know, we can talk about both. So I appreciate yes. it. Yes. Hey, one thing I think we need to stop doing, and I don't know if you've done it, I don't think I've done it, but some people have referred to Sabonis's Jokic light. Mm. And it's supposed to be a compliment, and I get it, but I don't think we should say that anymore. I mean, he's got more triple-doubles than Jokic. Joker is a finals MVP, two-time MVP. I don't think it's fair to DeMontis Sabonis. He is his own player. He's in, he's in some ways more powerful than Jokic. I bristle when someone says, oh, yeah, it's a bonus. He's like, he's like Jokic's light. They, they say it as a compliment, yeah. however. Like, it's meant to be a compliment. But the way he's played, especially this season, you're right. He's his own individual guy. Yeah. We don't call Giannis so-and-so light. Right. We don't call Embiid this guy light. We don't call Zion LeBron light. Why are we doing it right. with uh, our guy DeMontis Sabonis? So you're right about that. And I feel like he's coming to his own. You know, I, I mentioned it yesterday, listening to uh, Sirius XM NBA radio, uh, our boy Antonio Daniels. He mentioned DeMontis Sabonis as being a future all-star. And I had never thought about him like that. Hall of Famer, I meant. Yes, future Hall of Famer. I I had never thought about that. But if he continues on this trajectory, he's Mr. Triple-Double. He's going to be a five- or six-time All-Star. You know, he's going to, you know, be up there among bigs and assists. You know, a a 2010 guy for his career. Like, why can't he be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, on uh, social media, you have a lot of Nuggets fans they don't like the two being compared at all because they say, well, at least Jokic has a ring. Well, yeah, he has a ring. The point is we don't need to compare those two. Right. right. It, That's it, really – we're doing a disservice to Sabonis, like you just said. 
I mean, maybe if you had somebody who was a bench player somewhere, you'd say, he's kind of like a so-and-so. Or a young, light. or a first yeah. or second yeah. year player right. or something like that. Right. Domas has been doing this for a while. Yes. He has earned his own standing in the NBA. Uh-huh. You're, you're right about that. Three-time All-Star, right? Three-time maybe All-Star. Maybe four? Should be four, Ooh. maybe. You think so? Yeah, well, I it's kind of late in the game, right? Styles like, and Watkins were talking today about, you know, Kawhi didn't play injury. last night. So, yeah. I mean, maybe that's all. I, I, he should have been an All Star. Yeah. If Kawhi is out, he should be asked to be a replacement uh, for Kawhi. I don't think he would accept them. Really? This late in the game. Good for him. You got family situation. Mm-hmm. The wife and kids. That's just my my take on it. I don't. You know. Trust me. They might be in Mexico now or Greece right now. Yeah. Like, you know, when you yeah. look, and I'll You're tell right. you, yeah, it's it's kind of late right now, that, right? That, not that he would say this, but wouldn't that be the worst ever? In his, first guy in history, someone says, You're an all star. I can't. My wife won't let me. Right? <laughs> he won't let me. I don't want to sleep on the couch tonight, right? <laughs> my wife says I can't do it. He wouldn't do that, but. Yeah. But well. but let me tell you something about last night's game, too, because this is how I know, and, and I'm not sure where Domas was, but. They had two buses after the game last night. One bus was headed to the private terminal. Another bus was headed to the public terminal. So guys got out of town. Like their vacations, their all-star break have already begun. There were some guys who came back to sack. They got family here and all that. But a lot of guys said, you know what? We're going on our vacation right now. Sure. And so now you're kind of in between, right? We appreciate you came back. Yeah. But just one day with us, and then you're all star break. And, and let, let me tell you how much I love this job and this radio station. Like, and, and, you know, you should give me a pat on the back for this. I really wanted to take today off. Uh huh. I really wanted to be like, you know what? I'm starting my vacation right now. But I was like, it's going to be a day after a Kings game. Got to get in Drape's takes. Can't miss that. You know, can't miss Drape's well, takes. we appreciate it. And so I said, you know what? I'm not going to take this Thursday off. Thank I'm you. I'm going to be here. Yeah. Your boy's going to show up and talk about this Kings win. Thank you. You know, there's there's must wins, and I don't know if last night was a must win, but it was, uh, it was a much needed win at the very least uh, with much underlined several times. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you could feel it even during the game. Like when they were down in the first half, it felt like a loss, and you could see it on social media. You could see the body language. You could see it in me and Katie's voice. It's like, all right, it's going to be one of those nights. Let's just get to the all-star break, chalk it up, tough loss. But then it magically changed in the second half. And and coming up, I'll tell you exactly where I think this game really changed for the Sacramento Kings. It injected some life into the Kings. But, no, you're right. It, 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 you know, not necessarily a must win, but a must feel good, a must psychologically you needed this. Mm-hmm. Especially coming off, you know, two losses on this three-game road trip. You know, you lost against Phoenix, played well. They got you again. OKC, you know, boat raced you. You needed a win on a second night of a back-to-back. And if I'm correct, Whitey, they are still undefeated on the second night of back-to-backs in 2024. How about that? Remember, we started this uh, season? Yeah. Oh, they can't win any yep. back-to-backs. This yeah. team is struggling. But now all they do is win, win, win on back-to-backs. Now, as far as I know, and I've been checking, and I can't say this uh, with certainty yet, but that might be, this might be the first time ever that the Sacramento Kings have beat the defending champs Three times in the in one season. Yeah, you might be right I'll about. It. I saw you tweeted yeah. that yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, and it's impressive. And I know, you know, I, I don't want to poo-poo to win because it's Denver. It's out altitude. It's second night of a back-to-back. They got Joker. 
But they're 3-0 and against the Nuggets, and the Nuggets have not been whole in any of the games. Right. And so, But I'm not taking away, but that's just a fact. But last night was a difficult game. It was a game where easily you could have lost. Oh, Late yeah. Late game in Phoenix the night before, get to the hotel at 2.45 Denver time. You know, the Nuggets steaming. They had lost two straight. You know, they lost to the Kings. They got blasted by Milwaukee. But the Kings somehow found the energy to get that win. That was more like Kings basketball, I thought, last night. Yeah, and you're down 16, yep. and it would have been very easy to say, you know what, right. our night, we just played the night before. And then plus Malik not shooting the ball well. Yeah. He's been instrumental in the two previous wins yeah. over the Nuggets. And yet somehow, some way, and one of the hows and ways was actually Chris Duarte off the bench. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> you do always say that. I know Chris no Duarte is always my guy. You have. Chris Duarte, one of the nicest guys on the team. He'll sit down with me and Katie, chop it up, talk, always daps us up. I'm always going to ride for Chris Duarte. And I'll be honest with you, Whitey, I was driving into the radio station today just about an hour or so ago, and I thought about Chris Duarte and he's sort of become this year's Harrison Barnes, where people are just crapping on him on social media. Oh, why did we get Chris Duarte? It's been a failed experiment. Even during the game last night, I saw some of you Kings fans out there saying, why is Duarte in the game? Chris Duarte is a solid, good player. It hasn't worked out so far, but we saw last night he was a game changer out there. He hit the big three. He had a couple of nice deflections, played great defense. And so Chris Duarte, my guy. Mm -hmm. We got to lay off of him, Kings fans. He's a solid player. I think he could be one of the absolute keys to the rest of the season Mm. because the Kings didn't do anything at the deadline, right? right? They're probably not doing anything on the buyout market. By the way, it looks like Gallinari is choosing between the Bucks and the Clippers. So uh, good for him. But (laughs) I think if the Kings are going to get better, they're still going to need something from Sasha if and when he's healthy and Duarte, right? That was the plan all along. Hasn't happened yet, but there's still time for it to happen. And I think the Kings really need for it to happen. Yeah, those guys weren't brought here to be bench riders, to be 11th and 12th men. They were brought here to be a key part of of what the Kings are doing. And especially Sasha. I keep going back. We all know his pedigree, EuroLeague MVP. You don't bring the EuroLeague MVP over here, put the full court press during the offseason last year, send the whole contingent of Kings brass over there to get him here if he's not going to be a part of, you know, getting you to the playoffs, making a deep run. The injuries obviously uh, have really hampered him. I thought before the sprained ankle, he was playing some of his best basketball of the season. And so I'm with you. Four to six weeks, they say. So that's probably like three to five right now because it was last week. They need him because we talked about it yesterday in that Phoenix game. No Trey Lyles, no Sasha. You didn't have much offense off the bench other than Malik Monk. They need Sasha and Chris Duarte. Chris Duarte can be one of those two-way players I talked about earlier that every team needs. He's getting after it defensively. If he could just knock down some shots, I think he'll be a part of the rotation. This is for you, Drapes. Manny, too legit on the chat. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, Drapes' favorite comment from you on the broadcast yesterday when you said Fox took Jackson's cookies for the dunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my normal line is that he took his lunch money. Yeah. But then somebody tweeted me as like, you know, a lot of kids are bullied in school. Oh, and I will uh-huh. say this yeah, to yeah. that person that tweeted at me. I know, I was one of them. You know, dude, trust me, I remember in fourth grade, somebody took my lunch money. So that's why I say it. But yeah, he took his cookies last night, man. And that's the thing about De'Aaron Fox, and I've said it time and time again. The dude has two jobs. 
score buckets, which he did, and play great defense, which he did. If he delivers that night in and night out, those two things, this Kings team is going to be hard to beat. It's fascinating to me on social media, the whole question of whether he's been hurt or not. It's a real thing. Yes. There's some people saying, I guess he's not hurt. And, well, if he was hurt, that wouldn't explain why he's disengaged. It's really odd. We'll get into that today as well. But we'll have more Drapes Takes. When we come yeah. right back, Drive Guys, glad you're with us, Sackdown Sport. Well, quite a win for the Kings last night. I guess you'd have to say, or I would say, an unlikely win because when they're down 16, it looked like, ah, just not their night. Just one of these trips here, but wow, stunning comeback. Stunning comeback, and they were down 16, and Joker wasn't even a part of it. That's what had me nervous. It's like, it's, you got this all-world guy not playing well, not doing his thing, and you're still down 16? You're going to wake this guy up, and then when it's time to make that comeback, he's going to close the door on you, and it didn't happen last night. Joker never got going. The Kings no. did a fantastic job on him. Sabonis outplayed him once again last night. Wherever he's going for the break, well, I guess he's going to the All-Star game, isn't he? Yeah, he? he's going to be hanging gonna in. He's already there, but no, he's going to Indianapolis. Yes. Uh, Ryan Williams art in the chat. That was a great win, but it was ugly, sluggish and sloppy, like two turtles uh, jousting in the mud. Ooh, and I actually love that. We need that. <laughs> I don't want it when things are perfect and they're shooting 50% from three and knock it down 23, 23 threes. To me, that's not the kind of win this team needs. Sure, we'll take it, no doubt about it. But they need to get dirty. They need to win an ugly game, get in the mud, as uh, Ryan said. And so I thought that was a great win last night. And it's time once again for a special edition after a win of Drapes Takes. Calm down, Lion. Calm down. Take it easy, man. Just take it easy. <laughs> I'm going to start right there, Sacramento Kings fans. Take it easy. I've said it three or four times this season. After every loss, people want to jump off the bandwagon. Get rid of Mike Brown. De'Aaron Fox needs to be traded. He's mailing it in. HB's no good. Kevin Herter this. Chris Duarte. Kings fans, take it easy. This team has shown time and time again that they have the potential to be good. Last night's win against Denver, to me, was one of a, a top five win, I'm going to say. One of the top five wins of the season. And here's why. Denver, we know, is a good team. Sure, they were shorthanded, but they were coming off two straight losses. Mike Malone in his pregame press conference talked about how he was going to be an angry individual if they don't get the win. His all-star break is going to be miserable. He's going to go visit his daughter and watch her volleyball match if they don't get the win. So what, Michael Malone? Our boys came and got it done, and they had all the excuses, Whitey, not to win that game. I mentioned it. Second night of a back-to-back. Eight o'clock game in Phoenix. You get to the Denver Hotel at 2.45. Quick turnaround. Nuggets well-rested. Altitude. They had lost two games in a row, so they were steaming mad. But the Kings showed some uh, intestinal fortitude yesterday getting it done. Yeah, and one uh, footnote. I mean, I just love the fact that uh, despite all that jousting in the mud, 15 and 19 from the from the charity stripe. They made their they free made, throws. What? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. 
they made their free throws. I hope that wasn't one of your takes. I'm assuming it was. All right, so I had four drapes takes. I only got three now, thanks oh, to Whitey. I appreciate right. you, man. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I also want to point out quickly too. They held the Nuggets to 45 points in the second half. 21 in the third, 24 in the fourth. The Kings got it done defensively. We could talk about Fox's 30 points. We could talk about Domas and HB scoring 20 each, but they got this game done defensively. My second Drapes take has to do with De'Aaron Fox. I need this De'Aaron Fox night in and night out, Whitey. I need De'Aaron Fox. We talked about it. It don't have to be 31 shots a game. But you have to have an impact night in and night out. If you want to be called one of the game's best players, I look at what Jason Tatum's doing out there in Boston. I look at Bam Adebayo. I look at Donovan Mitchell. These are all guys drafted in the same year as De'Aaron Fox. Last night, Fox was the best player on the floor. He has that capability. He has that ability. I need to see this every night, Whitey. Yes, I don't want to accidentally get into your kitchen and serve something before you want to serve it, so I'll just say, yes, good point. Oh my God. I don't You're right. You know I what? I'm okay with you doing that yeah. because Good this point. is not Whitey's takes. Right. This is not Kevin's takes. This is Drape's take. I'm with you, Drape. Yeah. <laughs> so, my third and final Drape's take has to do with my guy, Chris Duarte. We talked about him last segment, but really it's about Mike Brown. Mike Brown understands the pulse of this team. When he put in Chris Duarte, I saw it on social media, Kings fans. I heard you. What is Mike Brown doing? He needs to figure out his rotations. What's going on here? Mike Brown understands what this team needs and when it needs it. We've seen so many times this year, Mike Brown throwing a Keon Ellis, throwing a Davion Mitchell, decide to go Alex Leonard, JaVale McGee. Let our coach do his thing. Scott Hastings, even after the show, Whitey, I saw him down on the floor before the game, and he said, Kyle, I'm telling you, Mike Brown is the guy. Kings fans, lay off Mike Brown. He's the guy. He knows which buttons to push. And that Chris Duarte move yesterday, I thought that was a huge part of the win last night. Speaking of coaches, uh, this is from Rachel Strand on Twitter. Very difficult hearing Nuggets head coach Michael Malone in his postgame presser. He's lost like 50% of his voice, and the Kings are, all caps, blasting music from the visitors' <laughs> locker room. Thank you, Jay. Hey, that. and that's how it should be, right? You know, we got the big win. It's funny. I walked by the locker room yesterday, and you could hear them celebrating, you know? And it, I like that. They especially needed They needed that after two losses in a row, OKC, and then Phoenix. You could see the weight of the season on this team's shoulders. And I talked to Mike Brown uh, at postgame after Phoenix, and I said, Mike, you feel like this team is ready for the break? You feel like they need a break? He shot back at me. Nope, we got a game left to play. So mm-hmm. he wasn't thinking about break. Players might have been because it's just natural. I was thinking about break. Katie was thinking about break. We were sluggish to start the game, but then the energy shifted. And I, I want to say one thing here, Whitey, too. This game changed when Michael Malone and Nikola Jokic got the technical fouls. Because even though the Nuggets were winning, the crowd was kind of, you know, down. It wasn't that much energy in the building. Those technicals brought the energy up in the crowd, and it brought the energy up in our Sacramento Kings as well. Mm-hmm. Here's jo- Jokic is like this all the time. I tell you That's what, that dude should have been thrown out. It's ridiculous <laughs> that that guy got to stay in the game. Like, he is turning into one of the game's biggest whiners to me. I didn't see that from him coming up, you know, uh, before this season. But this season, when I watch him, mm-hmm. he's always complaining, I feel like. I 
did not see all the contact that he was complaining about. Right, being right, honest. Right. He was begging for fouls out there. And, and give the Kings credit. I thought they frustrated him. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has dominated everybody in the yeah, league. He's a great. He's, he's an all-time he's great. He's an all-time great. He was 6 of 17 yesterday. He was a non-factor in that game. Sure, he got some assists, eight assists, but only five rebounds. He was a not he was a role player yesterday and the Kings made him that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think officials tend to uh favor the aggressors and I think Domas was the aggressor in that matchup last night. Yeah, I like it and I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing from DeMontis Sabonis. And so, you know, when you look at him and we talked before to see, you could pencil in pencil him in for 19 and 12 and 7. Well, he's actually outdoing that this season. And it's not just the All-Star snub. I mean, I don't understand how come people don't realize just how great he is. Even on social media, people are getting on me and Katie because I think Katie said, oh, man, the Nuggets are single covering DeMontis Sabonis. This is one of the top three or four centers in the entire game, and I thought he picked the Nuggets apart last night. Yeah, he had, what do you have, seven assists last night, yeah. and the uh, double-doubles keep piling up. Leading league in triple doubles now. Yeah. Um, a worthy all-star, but we're all better off, probably him included, if he doesn't end up going. It doesn't it, look like he will. This is the last thing I'm going to say about the all-star situation, too, regarding DeMontis Sabonis. I know he's not a household name. I know he's not the face of the NBA. But the NBA coaches to not get this guy in the all-star game, that's criminal. That is unbelievable. These are the, supposed to be the guys who know. And Domas is on his personal revenge tour. He is taking names and kicking butts and everything. Because what this guy is doing, that's what's so frustrating about it, Whitey. He's lighting these coaches up. Right. Opposing centers are having fits with him. But he couldn't be an all-star? No, I can't take it easy back there. I'm too fired up about this. Like, DeMontis Sabonis, not an all-star? He's in the MVP conversation, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, if media get it wrong, you know, we're in the media. You'd like to think we get it right. Right. Fans get it wrong, fans are going to fan. Coaches! Come hey, on. What are they doing? You should resign. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, forfeit some checks or something yeah. like that, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's Drape's takes, man. I'm just fired up and happy our boys got it done going into the All-Star break. All right, I got a question for you. Looking at the West here, even with the win here, the Kings are still eighth. Yep. Uh, they're seven out of first, Minnesota's first, and they're just uh, the Kings are half a game behind Dallas for the seventh spot, and the Kings are a game and a half out of the sixth spot, which is the Pelicans. So, anyway... It's quite a jumble. Every game, so important. The Warriors, who suffered a tough loss last night, they're playing Utah tonight. From the Kings' standpoint, who do I want to win that game? You want Utah to win. Do I? Yeah, 100%. Because Utah is going to fall off a cliff here after the All-Star break. The Warriors, they're going to make a run. You know, They're going to challenge you for you know that sixth spot in the Western Conference. And so... I need Utah to get the win tonight. Mm-hmm. And secondly, let's keep it real. I want the Warriors to go 0-82. Like, I <laughs> yeah. mean, let's be honest, right? Like, uh, There is that. I, there, there is no world where I could see myself rooting for the Warriors unless it came down to the final game of the season and you needed the Warriors to win so that the Kings can get a better seed against somebody. Mm-hmm. That's like the only way. Other than that, go Utah Jazz. Go Utah Jazz. You know, my guy Jordan Clarkson, I'm rooting for you oh, tonight. You yeah, right? <laughs> I'm a Jordan Clarkson guy tonight. You know, uh, and so, uh, yeah, we need Utah to win tonight. All right. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was hard to watch what went down last night. 
between the Warriors and the Clippers, and we'll share that with you next yeah. year. So drive, guys, roll on on Sackdown Sport. Hey, what year is it? We're just watching here on uh, the Golf Channel. We're watching Tiger Woods play golf yes. at the, the Genesis Invitational in L.A. Tiger Woods playing golf? Dude. Is this like a... Like uh, hardwood classics or something, right? or something? <laughs> golf classics uh <laughs> no man anytime the big cat is on tv playing golf i gotta tune yeah. in yeah he got his new logo as well you see on the top of his cap right oh, there okay. and he's still the biggest draw in all of golf even though he's not winning anymore he's playing a handful of tournaments he's still a huge draw well speaking of golf when are you gonna grace us with the details on your epic match against mike bibby <laughs> I wish we had video out there. I wish so we had I. a shot-by-shot comparison between Drapes and the great Mike Bibby. Remember, Mike Bibby did all that trash talking. He was talking trash. We got to play by his rules. It sounded like you were being set up. I, I, that's what I thought, right? His rules and everything. His home course. He said, oh, yeah, I live like eight to ten minutes away. Tough course. I mopped the, mopped the floor with really? him. Really? Oh, I smoked him. It was, I think, I, I, and, but here's the problem. I only got to play 14 holes. I was up five with four to go. And because I didn't get to finish all 18, he said, well, it doesn't count, Drapes. You know, we didn't play. I said, no, Mike. Next time we play, we'll just pick it up and play the final four holes or something like that. But I was, oh, it was it was a beatdown. Now, you say you were up five. You were we were doing match play? Or five, five strokes. strokes. Five strokes. Oh, okay. And I had, and I wasn't even playing my best, you know. And, you know, Mike's a solid player. But his trash talk, much better than his game. Uh, much better. He's my guy. I will play golf with Mike Bibby anytime because I'm better than him. I mean, you know, so it, it, it brings me confidence. Well, you text you. him right now when he texts you back. I, I'm going to text Mike Bibby right now. Uh, and I'm going to say Mike. Should I text him too, Whitey, or yeah, should I not? Yeah, you text him. You text him because I, I'm going to text him here, and I'm going to be like, Mike. I'm telling the people about our golf game. Remember, I kicked your butt the other day. And we'll see what he says. He'll be like, yeah, Drapes, you got me on this day because I I was crushing that dude. You know what's so funny, though? So I left after 14. When I get to the car, he texts me, guess what? I just got a birdie. I'm like, get out of here, dude. I, first of all, I didn't believe it. Put it on film. Exactly. Show me, show me the video proof. Second of all, I said, oh, I get it now. I must have intimidated you. And now yeah. that I'm gone, you can relax and play your game. And so I'm looking forward to getting back out there with him. So it wasn't getting dark. You just left and he kept playing? Dude, don't don't go there, Whitey. Well, I'm asking don't, a don't, question. Don't go. It's a sore spot for me. I had I had duties. I had to report for duty, if you will. Uh-huh. I had to do the darn radio show. Yeah, I was I, on the 14th <laughs> hole looking at my uh, phone like, ah, darn it, I got to leave. And so, yes, I had to go to work that day. Wow. This was an off day in Phoenix for me anyway from TV because it was the Suns game. It was a TNT broadcast. I'm like, yes, I got a day. And I said, oh, shoot, I got to hang with Whitey for three and a half hours. <laughs> darn it. So, Because he may actually have a point then. If you left the course. I had to. I told him we needed to start at 8.30. He's like, the earliest I could do is 9.30. And I'm thinking, it, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know? But I like to say, you know, it's in, in like politics, you know, you have the uh, projected outcome and everything like that. Oh, exit yeah, yeah, polls. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, We're the projecting ex- the winner. Right. Yeah. I was clearly projected to win. If you extrapolate the first 14 holes, I probably would have won by eight shots, something like that. Where so. did you have him and what facet? 
uh, of golf were you vastly superior? So I'm not a good driver, but Mike never uses his driver. Ah. And so off the tee, I got him. Yeah. Short game, putting, I had him. I wow. mean, I, I'm going to text him right now because I, How I want Julie him to- beat him by five? No, because I had one bad hole. Oh, so here's man. the here's the issue with my golf game. I'm actually okay the first nine or ten holes, but then it falls apart huh. on like hole 12 or 13. Runs out of gas. I run out of gas, 100%. If, 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 if every tournament was nine holes, your boy might be on the PGA Tour right now. But I fall apart on hole 12 and 13. Well, then given yeah. that fact, I don't see how we can declare you a winner. When you didn't play the last. No, but I parted the last hole, though. So, I, I you know, uh-huh. I had turned it around. And so, it's funny. I had a uh, uh, this friend golfing with us, Emily Hoffman. She's from Folsom. She's on the Epsom Tour. Okay. And she played from the same tees as us. Was killing it, dude. Like she And she told me, she's like, yeah, I uh, birdied 16, 17, and 18 coming in. So, it was me and her versus Mike and his cousin. Uh. And it was... We smacked him up, man. We, we, it, it was a debacle out there. Yeah, yeah we, we crushed him. It felt good, man. Good. It felt good. Good. Yeah, you said there's some people you can't play around. Right, And right. other people you – so you know Mike's a guy that you want to get out around. there with. Yeah, exactly, because the thing about Mike – and you guys know this when you golf. Well, Jay does it because he hates golf. But when you <laughs> golf, it's supposed to be relaxing, fun. You don't want anybody stressing you out. And the worst kind of golfer too whitey is – the guy who tries to coach you on the course when you hit a bad shot. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, this guy's a 20 handicap himself. Right, right. It's like, dude, shut up. You know, like, go out there and shoot your 98 and let me handle my and business. And who is that? Yeah. Who does that to you? <laughs> who are we talking about? I mean, Kenny Thomas can be, I mean... <laughs> I hope he's not listening right now. That's my I'm texting my guy. I'm texting my guy. Texting right now. Yeah. But that's the worst because you know how it is in golf, man. When you hit a bad shot... You know you hit a bad shot. You know what you're doing wrong. You don't need anybody to, you know, that's not even much better than you to try and tell you what to do. And I so remember that if I ever play you. Yeah, yeah, we got to get out, man. We got to do a uh, Sacktown Sports 1140 golf outing. Why are you a golfer? I haven't golfed in a while, but yeah. Okay. Have, what's what's a while? One, I have. It's been years, but I have a hole in one to my credit, a legitimate hole. Really? In really? You, yeah. Damn. Wow. That's why I, I do not have that. I do not have. You know what my problem? Regarding that is, every time I get to a par three, I think, oh, this might be the hole. I get a hole in one. Uh, so it's already in my head. Instead uh, of just not even thinking about it uh-huh. and just playing the hole, I'm already thinking, I'm going to get a hole in one here. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't it'll happen. happen. It'll happen. The yeah. cool thing about it is, you know, there's you can't do any better. Right. Whether you're you or freaking Tiger or Jack Nicholas. That's the best you can do. That's the best yeah. you can do on yeah. that hole. Yeah. That, I mean, a one yeah. on the hole. Yeah. And so, uh, no, we had a good time, man. But I tell you what, that was the day. Remember, you were like, is Kyle here on the radio? You started the show as Drapes here. Dude, I was rushing because Mike Bibby had the 9.30 tea time. <laughs> didn't show up till 9.45. And I'm like, bro, what are we doing? I got work, you know. So, uh-huh. But I made it in time. I made it in time. So is he? Did he acknowledge you beat him? Or he's no, not no. Him? He said because we didn't finish, it doesn't count. And I'm like, dude, I was smacking like, I, yeah. it was getting worse. It was like you know, I was on a 20-0 run, you know, and it had built a 30-point lead with five minutes left. And he's like, oh well, because we didn't finish the game, who knows? I might have went on a 40-0 run or something like that. I would have finished uh-huh. birdie, birdie, birdie. I'm like, Mike, you got two tens and a nine on your card. What are you talking about? And so. <laughs> No, it was fun, though. Well, it's good you had fun anyway. 
I had yeah. a good time. Uh-huh. I had a good time. Yeah. Nice course, too. Mm-hmm. Nice course. What course? Do you know? Desert Canyon. You know. Okay. Desert Canyon. Yeah. And it was like a 40-minute drive from the hotel, and it was just. It was a thing. Huh? It was a thing. It was yeah. a day. All right. But we got it in. We got yeah. 14 in, at least. All so. right. All right. Uh, you got to play them around here. Rematch. Somewhere Bring them to my, my home course. Yes. Empire Ranch in Folsom. There you go. You know, I know that course like the back of my hand. And so I'm going to text the one that has that really high part? Yeah, yeah. on 18. That's yeah. their signature hole yeah. coming down. Yes. Oh, that's an incredible hole. Incredible hole. And yeah. so depending on where you play, you could play on the whites and it's just a regular. But then you go back up to the green and blues. Picturesque. You can see the lake uh-huh. from up there too. Yeah, it's a great. You can probably see Lake Tahoe, right? Up from up there, way up there. You're up high, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Hey, uh, the Lakers last night. You know they're winning now, um, and Anthony Davis said we're figuring out our identity. We figured out who we are. He said we shoot well and we get to mm. the line and we beat you in the paint. Um, so I don't know. They say they figured out who they are. They're est- establishing an identity. How close are we to that with the Kings? How close are they to it? To establishing something as That's, an identity, I, I, I don't know. Because remember, you know, through the uh, first fifty games, fifty-two games so far this season, the Kings have been consistently inconsistent. And so, I would like to think what we saw last night can be something that you know we see. But they didn't knock down the threes, really. Yeah, I still think their identity, who they are, is a very good offensive team. Like what we saw last night. I don't think that's their blueprint. I don't think that's their recipe, you know, for the rest of this season. I would like it to be. I would like them to have that in their tool belt, their arsenal, their war chest, if you will, the ability to get wins like that. But I still think this team needs to be better offensively. Like, the threes didn't fall last night. I think at their best, they're an elite offensive team. One trend the last few games that is is promising is they have outscored teams – uh, fast break points. Last yes. night was not a big up and down game, but they outscored Denver fast break points. Uh, I think 13, it was 13-4. Yeah. So my point is I still think if they could be a scrappy team where we're going to guard you not all well all the time, but sometimes we're going to get after you on the perimeter, we're going to get out and run when we rebound, I still think that's what the identity of this team needs to be. Yeah, and, and, and one thing, too, regarding that, Whitey, you know, and we saw it against Phoenix as well, you know, to – Get out and run to lead, you know, get fast break points. Steals have to be a part of it. There's no reason why this Kings team should not be one of the league leaders in steals per game. You have a guy like Like, De'Aaron Fox. They're not a great defensive team, but they still should be causing havoc on the perimeter. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at it. They're 21st in the NBA in steals. I mean, they're behind teams like, you know, the Pelicans are higher. The Wizards average the more. Wizards. The Wizards average what? more. And they don't play a lick of defense. <laughs> and the Wizards average more steals than you. And so I think that's an, an area where the Kings can improve in. And we've seen it from De'Aaron Fox recently. His steal numbers since January 1st have been off the charts. I think he's second in the league since January 1 to SGA. And so that's an easy way to get some buckets, right? Those transition buckets you're talking about. I do think it's hard to play that way if you don't have a lot of depth, though. But they I, should have depth, though, I know, right? Like, I know. And, and, and I think the potential's there, but right now I don't think you could really say they have a ton of depth. What do you make of Mike Brown recently going with a three-guard lineup using Davion and Keon Ellis? Because those are guys who are you know high IQ defensive guys. They can wreak havoc, can get deflections, turnovers. Do you like 
going, you know, with that heavy defensive uh, backcourt, Keon, uh, Davion, and then sometimes you'll have Fox or Malik Monk. Yes, because Monk and, and uh, De'Aaron are pretty ball-dominant, you know, at times. Right. When, and you want them to be – with that lineup, obviously, he's like, yes, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Right, you know? exactly. That's not an issue then. It's like, yeah, you have to do that. You know, and, and I think, you know, what you're seeing is Mike Brown, especially late in games recently, going with his best defensive backcourt. Look at Kevin Herter's fourth-quarter numbers, minutes-wise, the last few games. He's been on the bench a lot. Mike has turned to Keon Ellis. He's turned to Davion. Last night, he turned to Chris Duarte. And so I think late in games, in the fourth quarter, Mike's going with a defensive mentality lately. I still think Keon can be a better shooter. Mm. I think in summer league, we've seen glimpses of it. You know, he came in last night, a couple of offensive possessions early, and missed a jump shot, missed a drive to the rim. It's like, right. ah, it's just tough to keep guys on the floor when they're not giving you anything offensively. Yeah, and to Keon's, you know, defense, and same thing with Davion, it's hard, man, when you don't get consistent minutes, mm-hmm. right, to come in and all of a sudden just be on point and, and not even consistent minutes game to game. I'm talking about, you know, give him a five-minute stretch to get a, a lather up, to get a break of sweat instead of, you know, two minutes here and then pull it out. You know, I talked to Wes Wilcox about this earlier this season regarding De'Aaron Fox, and what they do is, you know, with De'Aaron, they give him six minutes on, three minutes off. So if you're Davion or Keon, you're backing up Fox, you got to come in and do something in that three minutes because then De'Aaron Fox is coming back in, and it's difficult to do. Hey, didn't realize we got some calls backing oh. up here. We'll get to the phones, 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Also get back to what went down last night on national TV. That was hard to watch. It's next with the Drive Guys on Sackdowns. Hey, how about this, baseball fans? Thank you, Simone, for this uh, update. Rob Manfred says he'll retire in 2029. Believe it when I see it, and that's see it. That's too. That's too far. Yeah, he well, said why is he five year, years? Yeah. Like, hey, come on. <sighs> Just retire now. Just save everybody a lot of trouble. Yeah. Just it, admit you screwed up the whole A's and Vegas thing. You screwed up the Astros thing. You screwed up the labor negotiations. Just say, you know what? Yeah. I'm out. Have a good night. Right off into the sunset. Right. Yeah. You know, he gets booed everywhere he goes. Um, like you said, the ace thing, you know, which is criminal, if you ask me. Uh, no, you're right, man. Why announce it? Yeah, in five years. Yeah. What do you want, a, a retirement tour or something like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a player five goes years. out. It's, yeah, five years. Nah, man, you, it's okay if you leave now. We'll be all right. It's like I saw something a couple days ago. Jennifer Lopez hints that she'll retire. It's like, how would you know? <laughs> I thought you were retired. <laughs> Been good for you, but I don't uh, know what? Hints at retirement? Oh, man. Uh, we'll get to the phones here in just a moment. 339-1140, First, we have an update on the Kyle Draper, Mike Bibby golf challenge. So so Mike Bibby has... He's, I, I texted Mike. He's let, conceded? Let me go on record and, and say exactly what I said to Mike. I said, Mike, doing my radio show, talking about how I kicked your butt on the golf course. Laughing emoji. He responded back, laughing emoji. He said, I was on my way back. An underscore card by your name, it said disqualified, did not finish. So two things to remember there. All right, it didn't finish, but he admits I was kicking his butt. He says he was on his way back. He admits he was down. And so that's what I take from that text exchange right there. Yeah. He he admitted he was down. Yes, but are you admitting then that the match wasn't finished? 
It's, it was it was a route. It should, like it, it's it's like when you throw the bench in the game in the last five minutes. Garbage time in golf. It was garbage time in golf. There was no way he was going to catch up. Your boy was playing halfway decent. I had a couple bad holes, but I was playing halfway decent so much so that the you know Emily that we were golfing with said, "Kyle, no way, you're a 17 or 18 handicap." Oh, that's nice. And yeah. when somebody says that, it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I'm flowing that day. So that's how it was. Man. Huh. 339-1140, Steven with us on Sackdown Sports. What's up, Steven? Hello. How Hello. you guys doing? Good. Hey, you all right there, man? You, you okay, Steven? <laughs> you just waking up or something? Oh, no, yeah. Hey, all right, go ahead, man. No, I'm at, I'm at work, man, so I'm just trying to get, you know, trying to get keep the noise level down to a minimum, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. Uh, Kyle, I got a couple questions for you, man. I've been kind of want, I've been really curious about this, man. Um. I know when you first got on and got your show and everything, you kind of gave us a little bit of a background and everything about, you know, where you came from and whatnot. What year was your rookie year as far as calling games? If you, real quick. Um, 2017. Oh, you mean for the okay. Kings or ever? Was, was when I, I... No, no, no. Just in, just in general. Like, my que- I just have a couple of quick questions for you, man. Basically, when was your rookie year? Like, when, when did you first start calling games? 2017. Do you find... Do you find it really difficult, first off, and how long did it take you in order to get into the swing of things? I, I'll and tell what you what. is the most challenging aspect about you calling a game? The most I'll challenging the thing. The air, yeah, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, Thank good, you. good question, man. I, I, I'll be honest. It, Please. Being play-by-play is the hardest job I've ever done. I've been a studio host. I've been a sideline reporter. I've done all that before. That's easy. Play-by-play, you got to be quick-witted. you got to be on your toes. And I remember it was probably my second year with the Kings, maybe my first year. And I found myself, you know, comparing myself to Mike Breen, comparing myself to Mark Jones, comparing myself to the game's greats. And I woke up one day and I said, Kyle, you know what? As you do this, one thing that's going you got to do is be yourself no matter what. You can't be Mark Jones. You can't be Mike Breen. And so if it works out or not, at least you know at the end of the day, you are you. Mm-hmm. And that's and ever since that point, what you see is who I am in general, like in, in person, on the radio show, at home with the kids. And so it's a challenging job, man. It's an art to it. And, you know, I'd say, especially in this job where I'm at right now, I'm learning every game, every game. You take something, you're like, oh, man, I will say this. TV people and people in media in general, we're probably our worst critics. Like, we're harder on ourselves than anybody. And so when I go back and watch a game or I have a game-winning call, it's like, oh, man, I wish I could have said this. But you only get one shot at those things, mm-hmm. you know? You got to get it in the moment. And so that's my background, man. 2017, that was Celtics? Celtics Pacers, yes. I filled in for Mike Gorman, and uh, that was the first, I do believe, yeah, 2017. That was my first uh, gig. I actually got offered the Oklahoma City job. Really? Full-time Oklahoma City job in 2019, I think it was, but I turned it down. Uh, The wife didn't want to move to OKC, didn't want to relocate. And and I'll tell you really quickly here, the the reason she didn't want to move there she took the kids to the playground, and at the time, I think my son was um, so five years, so he was nine, and my daughter was uh, six. Took the kids to the playground, and she saw this guy at the playground. He was there with his kids or grandkids, but he had a gun holstered on his hip. And she was like, you know what? 
it's just not where I want to be wow. right now. And mm-hmm. so we turned the job down and uh, decided to ultimately take this job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Stephen. Uh, how about Rich on Sackdown Sports? Hey, Rich. Oh, the drive guys. What's up? Hey, good morning, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes, what's it's up not, now? It's not morning where we are, oh. but far away. Uh, well, I'm calling <laughs> I'm calling from San Diego. Oh, okay. It ain't hey, morning down there either, Rich. <laughs> yeah. Did I say good morning? Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. It's all I, good. You know, you'd think – but uh, anyway, I just uh, – I was listening to Drapes talk about his uh, golf game with Mike Bibby. And uh, it brought me back to Sacramento because I, I am a native Sacramento. And, uh, I, in fact, my, uh, I was the company I was with back in the day when they had the uh, Lottie Devok Charitable. It was the first, first annual charitable at Country Club Lanes. And uh, we all had a player play, you know, bowl, in, you know, with, mm. with our group. Yeah, and Mike Biddy was, yeah, Mike Biddy was, was with us, right? And I beat, I beat his ass. <laughs> oh my god! I just dump on Mike there. So just like I yeah, kicked his butt, you did it too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, while we're piling on, you know, I figured it'd be a good time to kind of bring up a, a really, a really good memory, you know. Uh-huh. But but what what I want to say that I remember mostly about Mike Bibby was it was kind of interesting because you know when you're bowling there and you got all these people and it's a big event and I guess why you said you were there, you remember that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, it was the first annual Vladi Divac Charitable. And and so there was a lot of people, you know, like clamoring around and up close and this and that. And and Mike was like nervous. He goes, Man, I'm not used to these people being so close to me. You know <laughs> stuff like that. He was saying to me. And it was just it was just kinda interesting, you know, interacting with them and there was like six or eight of us, you know, we like I said, we just had the one lane and he was on our team, so to speak. But uh, I had a higher score than him. And then, you know, next day on the Internet, you could sh- see where it showed, you know, the charitable and had my name and it had Mike below me. And I had a higher score. It was like it was pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. That's nice. Good call, yeah, Rich. You, you only mentioned 14 times. I had a higher score than Mike. I know. <laughs> hey, when you beat a professional athlete at something. Yeah, I know. You know what? I know. You're going to brag yeah, about it, right? Those were fun. I don't know if I was at that one. I know I was at. I remember being at the events. They had a lot of those. Those were those were a lot of fun. Uh, we'll get back to the phones when we come right back. 339-1140-1800-920-1140. Also coming up, got to tell you what was so hard to watch last night. And <laughs> one, two, three strikes, and Steve Wilkes is out. Ooh. Coming up with the Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports.